0: Hey, welcome to the channel. Uh, Anish, you want to uh, tell folks who we're interviewing in this one?
1: Hey, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I think we had the pleasure of speaking with Shahid Keshwani, who is a strength and conditioning coach with really a focus on cricket. Uh, He himself was a former international cricket player, represented Canada, uh, has played first class cricket in Sri Lanka. Uh, In terms of his coaching experience, I think he has over 15 years of experience having coached the Canadian team, the Nepal team. Uh, Vancouver Knights in the global T20 uh, as well as some teams in in the major all major USA tournaments uh, really he has a wealth of experience uh, in 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 cricket specific coaching um, and it really comes through in this interview uh, you know it, it was an awesome chat to hear about his own background and his uh, how it led him to this journey of becoming the coach that he is. Uh, I hope everyone will uh, uh, enjoy it and learn learn some information there.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Let's get
2: started. Thanks for having me guys. Um, really uh, excited about the pro tip app. I think we've done a little bit of had a few chats and I'm excited for the app, um, for the consumer and then more so just excited for you guys for
0: sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Um, yeah. To get started with, uh, you know, we're, we're going to ask this question of all the pros uh, that we talked to, uh, but what got you started in cricket?
2: So really simple. My dad, uh, my dad played cricket for Kenya um, in the early '70s. So uh, I come from a cricket family. Uh, cousin, uncle, all played cricket in, in Kenya, and uh, I guess it was a very British English dominant um, sort of cricket culture that uh, my dad was raised on. So um, that that's what got me in cricket.
1: Nice. So was he was he your first uh, coach as well? I guess hallways and all that stuff. Or? Well,
2: like so, my obviously cricket journey is a little bit unique, um, never really coached me. I think uh, I used to go and watch him play at Sunnybrook Park in Toronto. I used to go and watch him play a lot, uh, but I was a, I was a soccer uh, and an ice hockey player um, growing up. So uh, going to the cricket uh, games was an opportunity for me to go and play soccer with all the other kids uh, that were there. So um, always went, sometimes wore whites. Uh, to, to be to be encouraged to play cricket and we did like we played tennis ball cricket dove around diving catches and all that and um yeah I was really lucky to actually have a whole bunch of um really good young athletes like guys who were actually good at all sports um in my little dad's like friend circle and playing circle so um you know I could talk about some of those uh, some of those guys and where they went in their sports later if you guys are interested but uh, yeah, it was sure. a it was a pretty cool crop of of young kids uh that ended up becoming uh good athletes
1: so I guess was that was that kind of the influence for you right at the start for because I remember you know uh, for those that don't know Shahid and I have played against each other for 20 years he was he's he was a little uh, older than me but he was always kind of mentoring people and and pushing folks to uh, you know work on their fitness and 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 be athletic in the field and kind of even when in the early 2000s the one day cricket t20 was still you know going forward he he was always at the forefront of being an athlete first and a cricketer as an extension of that right so um, was that how that kind of the foundation for you is is in that group of kids that you played with uh, yeah. or grew up with
2: yeah that and like also like the sports that i played especially ice hockey i think uh, the culture within ice hockey and and what it teaches you from a really young age like um, you know i was seven eight years old and body checking and and having to deal with uh, with stuff like that and um, it was a high-performance environment. So, yeah, I, I did play, like, AAA ice hockey and, and played rep-level soccer. And, and, and all these kids who we would play with, um, you know, some of them went on to play tennis for Canada, scholarships in track, uh, basketball scholarship, baseball. Um, so all of them went in different directions. But we all played cricket as well and knew how to play for sure. And I think if – speaking for all of them, I think if they all ended up choosing cricket, like myself, uh, they would have also played for Canada easily.
1: Wow, um, how did you? What what made you decide on cricket versus the other sports as something you wanted to pursue further?
2: Yeah, my dad kind of made the decision for me. Um, <laughs> I was in my my bantam year uh, playing AAA hockey, and um, I wasn't really getting uh, any feedback from the OHL teams that I had skated with. When you're young, you get to skate with them, and unfortunately, I wasn't the uh, the pro tip developer, uh, smart kid in school like you guys. So. Um, there wasn't any scholarships coming my way either. So um, instead of playing junior in, in some small town, uh, dad said, you know, why don't you try playing cricket? At that stage, I'd started to get a little bit more into it. Like I was older, about 17 years old at that time, 16, 17 years old at that time. And uh, I think he just sold me on the fact that I might be able to go and, and see the world and travel the world. Um, so uh, I said, sure, and and kind of just jumped right into it uh, right away. And that's where I guess, you know, you guys would have first met me.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I guess that leads me into the next question, which is uh, how has cricket impacted your life?
2: Yeah, so I guess that education I missed out on there. Uh, um, <laughs> I had the uh, I had the world education, the international education. Um, you know, really fortunate to be able to travel the world, um, you know, live and, and, and be immersed in different, cultures. Um, I was always very, um, very interested in it, uh, very outgoing guy. Um, So yeah, just the the fact that I was able to travel to so many different countries. And and, um, luckily enough, I I was, I got into the strength and conditioning side and the trainer side at a young age and was still dealing with a lot of my hockey buddies uh, from before, um, training them. And um, so, you know, I was lucky to be able to still do that a little bit. Uh, But also travel the world, for sure.
0: Awesome. Um, Are you traveling really young? Did you start traveling, like, right when you started playing cricket?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, I think I was uh, 17. So, like, basically I started playing cricket and then made the the under-19 national team. So, uh, yeah, I got to travel a lot to a lot of the islands in the Caribbean, uh, India, Bangladesh for a World Cup. um, And then uh, just different sort of cricket tours that came with it. Um, So that was the traveling aspect at a very young age. So it was cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool.
1: Um, with with uh, all the traveling that you did, what was your favorite destination to tour as a cricketer?
2: Yeah, so like as an under-19 kid, like we used to get to go and play in the uh, in the West Indies regional tournaments in the Caribbean. So uh, those are five-week tours. And uh, one year uh, it was Barbados. The next year was Guyana. The third year was Jamaica. And then I went to Guyana again and Jamaica again. So I think, yeah, it must have been about 16, 17. So I played in quite a few of those. Um, and one one time they were like back-to-back Barbados sort of tournament first uh, and then a, a West Indies regional right after that. So, yeah, man, I was immersed in the Caribbean culture from a very young age. And, um, uh, you know, back then, actually, even the Canadian cricket culture was, was dominated by um, the West Indian, the Caribbean culture, which uh, for me – I found a lot easier to navigate through and I felt like they kind of understood me a little bit better. Nice.
1: Um, yeah. And, uh, I guess one more question before, uh, moving on to specifically coaching is who was your sporting hero growing up? Obviously you played hockey, soccer, cricket. Um, who would you consider as like the player or coach that you looked up to?
2: Um, so, um, it's actually like my dad. So like, he's, uh, I, I didn't get to see him like play obviously in his prime, like uh, when he was, you know, here playing, he was probably in his like forties, um, still trying to carry on with the game and was a very well respected guy for the fact that he he played international cricket and stuff. And um, so I, I didn't really get to see him as an athlete, but just the way he kind of carried himself and, and spoke about it, uh, the details in, in tactics and all that, that was what I was most interested in. I think I already had the athletic, gifted athletic ability, um, so, it was just being immersed in like how, I guess, detailed he was. And, and, and so I was in a high performance environment all the time. And he, he was the one who definitely motiv- motivated me uh, towards that. Like even hockey, he had no idea about hockey, but watched hockey. And so our conversations to and from the, the rink and stuff like that would be very, you know, coaching forward or, or, or whatever. So, you know, he's, he's definitely the guy.
1: Yeah. And I've had the pleasure of meeting your dad a couple of times when we played against each other. And, uh, you know, one thing that always took out, first of all, an absolute gentleman. Uh, And even when we played against uh, Shahid's team, he would always, you know, be encouraging to the younger kids and everyone that came to play. And I remember I was playing under 19s. I was always more nervous than others because I wanted to do well, you know, had the kind of like that desire. And I was serious about my uh, sports and he would always have a kind encouraging word or two after the game uh you know just to stay with it you know whether I had a good day or a bad day so that that always stuck with me he was always quiet on the sidelines he would never like not one of those dads who would like shout or scream a lot of things at least not that I've heard but um yeah he um, he was just had this like quiet dignity with uh always with him so yeah he's awesome dude yeah
2: no he was definitely wasn't loud like I wish that he was a little bit more like political forward going, talking to the selectors <laughs> and all like the other parents, but he definitely, definitely didn't ever do that and never really uh, raised his voice or anything. It was more like when it was one-on-one time, uh, yeah. very to the point and, and, and practical. Yeah.
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I guess that kind of transitioned us to some ideas about coaching. Um, it sounds like your dad was kind of your initial coach. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of curious, what do you think makes like a really great coach?
2: I think uh, for me, like, I think coaches are, like, it's about understanding uh, the individual. So if you're coaching a team, it's a little bit more difficult because you don't have the amount of time with one individual. But I think understanding the individual, um, you know, what their background is and where they come from. So some of their, I guess, cultural uh, morals and stuff like that and and just trying to, like, sit with those and and understand those so that you can create a way to to figure out how you're going to work with that player. Um, So I think for me, like, you know, the, the, the great coaches are the ones who can adjust their tactics, adjust their planning, um, adjust what they're saying to, to, to different players and, and sort of treat um, those players differently in an individual um, when the individual time comes. Uh, but as a team, sort of the, a good coach really sticks to their philosophy, um, what they believe and, and has that sort of written down, um, believes in it and, and pushes that forward. And I think if you kind of stick with what you're – you really are really passionate about and what you really believe I think you'll end up being a pretty good coach
0: nice yeah and like so obviously your your father but uh who other have been like really big coaching influences for you
2: yeah so I had some really good um uh ice hockey coaches um yeah. in my last year uh like uh Mike Gartner used to play in the NHL he's, he's kind of a big deal but he, he was a coach for me um that was the first time I kind of really started to get into the mental side of things. Um, you know, the sports psychology side.
0: Um, so I thought he he was
2: really good with that. Uh, from a cricket perspective, I was lucky enough to work with Jeff Thomas, who was, uh, uh, an Australian coach, um, of the highest sort of level. And he came in and was the Canada cricket coach and I got to work with him and, um, you know, his, his way, and he was an Aussie. So like the Aussie sort of way was, was, you know, a real attention to like, 1% factors um and details you know um they were perfectionists so it was always about you know I'll, I'll tell you a funny story with Jeff Thomas like playing a game and 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 I first started with him and we had an under 23 team so you're playing a game and he plays in the game as well and he was a mentor and, and played so yeah. he's bowling and I don't know everybody might not know about cricket but he's bowling and and I would be a fielder and the ball would get hit to me and you know so you get the ball at, at cover and you kind of work the ball around and pass it to different guys. And then it ends up going back to the bowler. So my job was to kind of throw it to him from cover and into his hand. And um, I was a great fieldsman everything like that. But for some reason, I don't know what it was. I just had a hard time throwing it right to him. So you'd have to like, sometimes it would fall in front of him and uh, sometimes you'd have to jump and get it, sometimes I'd throw it over him. So there was one time where I threw it and it just kind of like bounced and like hit him right in the shin. <laughs> right right. and he just that's just when he had enough and he just like just lost it on me on the ground and on the field or whatever and um you know that that just goes to show kind of the the details that that they're about and I was always wondering And he said look like I'm here bowling and giving my best for the team you know I don't want to be bending down and 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 jumping here and jumping there like you know you just got to kind of throw this ball to me and make it look good yeah and um You know, that caught me right away, man. So, like, I I really became obsessed with those little small details. Um, And so, you know, Jeff Thomas was an awesome coach, and um, he would be one of my big ones. Um, Current Canadian coach, Pubudu, who I worked with in Nepal, um, sort of very different, um, amazing work ethic, uh, really humble, humble, humble attitude, always humble, always just working. Um, He was great, too. So those those are the guys I would say, uh, for me, were the best coaches have had
0: so it sounds like they impacted you like you you were saying earlier um <clears throat> some of the guys you worked with kind of introduced you to the idea of like sports psychology and like the kind of the, yeah. of the game and sound like this other guy was getting you focused on that like one percent perfection yeah uh, are there other ways they've impacted your performance just your general coaching experience
2: um i think for me like i i'm a huge like I really feel like there's, a, there's divided sort of cultures within that. I think, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I definitely come from the hockey background. So, you know, I always, yeah, because yeah. you're a kid, you're, you're influenced as a kid. So you kind of yeah. grow up and then you have your, your, your morals or things that you kind of stick to. And I think the hockey player is always, you know, blaming, blaming himself when, when the team loses um, yeah. and, 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 uh, and really giving the, the respect to the, to the team and giving it all towards the team and the teammates when they win. I think what I've found in in cricket, and at least in my uh, experience is that, you know, it's not always like that. It's not like you always have every player that that's on board like that. And so I think the experience of being able to identify with different cultures and having worked with different cultures, I think just knowing that, you know, everybody kind of came up different and grew up different and, and, um you know like i said in the beginning it's about finding out what their sort of cultural background is and how they're going to adjust and adapt to 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 my philosophy so i would say like the biggest take back i would get was just being able to see how they do things in scotland and zimbabwe and nepal um, and then trying to translate that through here in canada um, which is unique because canada you have all the cultures playing yeah. under one banner.
0: Bit yeah. of a bit of a melting pot.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm just curious how is was coaching was the coaching for hockey like vastly different than the coaching for cricket? It seems like they're pretty like coaching hockey such like, oh, a physical Oh,
2: impact
0: definitely, sport. man. Like I
2: guess uh and even in my playing days, like I came in as a hockey guy. So I'm yeah. I'm chirp- I'm chirping guys, uh, <laughs> very aggressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, so that coaching style that like, got I love the the hard nosed thing like I mean that's all I grew up on playing hockey, so it's like yeah. you know this is kind of the hard nosed way, and you know you you gotta you gotta you know put some dirt on your cuts and whatever and get after it um so coming into cricket, it was vastly different and um i, I as a youngster, I guess I didn't really adjust or, or adapt to that uh to the liking of <laughs> most of the coaches I probably work with or yeah. whatever but um definitely different, definitely yeah. different.
1: It- funny story i remember when i first played against uh shaheed so i was trying out for the so in canada they had an under 23 team that would play um in in the domestic uh highest division uh so that they can prepare for the under 19 uh tours and things like that so i remember playing against Shahid, who used to play for the toronto cricket club um and in the field when i'm batting if i'm out he, he's he's always been a phenomenal fielder so if i'm outside of my crease there'd be a ball flying right by my face uh to the to the keeper to keep me in my, in my crease. Right. And, and there'd be a few words associated with that with him or the, uh, the guy or other people that were there. But then on the flip side, when we were practicing at under 23 in the nets, he'd be the guy who's coming up and giving you a little bit of cues here and there on how you can improve or just what you're doing well. So that always stuck with me. It's like the way he fought on the field and how aggressive he was on the field on the, but the, when the, when you cross the line and you're training together, you're getting all the advice and all the help as well. So it's like knowing how to compete, but then knowing how to help out someone as well. That was always something that stuck with me. And this is like, I'm talking about 2005 or 2006. And it was, it, you know, that, that's where my respect for him as a, as a, as an athlete, and then seeing him progress as a coach has always been there. It's because of those sort of experiences with him.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so kind of back, still on the kind of the coaching topic, uh, I'm just curious about, we kind of talked about what your influences were with the coach, but like, what do you think makes like a really successful coach and also inversely sort of like what makes student coach relationship work really well?
2: Yeah, I think, um, I always ask, like if you're in a, if you're in a coaching contract or you're, you're just coaching somebody randomly, like how do you measure success? So I think for me, like impact is probably biggest word there. Um, you know, wins and losses—you're always going to be measured by it, probably at a at a more advanced level or at a more professional level. Uh, but for me, it's impact. Like, I think you know the way Anish kind of talked about how I was on the field and, and how I was off the field and always trying to you know always trying to encourage guys and, and push guys um, on the field. Like I call it the ice. Like you leave it all out, leave it all out on the ice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the same thing. You leave it all all out on the field, and you know, I always uh, I always try to make an impact as a player in any way that you can. Cause you know, again, t- tying it back to hockey, like you might not, you might not be scoring goals or getting assists, but you know, you can, you can chirp some guys and maybe they'll, they'll punch you in the face and, and they'll get a penalty. And then, you know, you guys can, we can get on the power plate type thing. So how do you do that in cricket? You know, you gotta get under guy's skin and you're trying to get them out. You're trying to throw them off their game. Right. Um, so I think, you know, impact uh, as a, as a coach um, for me now is it has a lot to do with preparing guys for match situations. Um, I'm not really the, the technical coach. That's going to tell you to keep your arm here or there. Uh, I'm more, you know, really high performance and and, and getting into match situations and what you're going to expect, uh, with that. So I try to try to have that impact on guys, uh, from that tactical sort of sport specific element. And then of course the fitness side, um, you know, keeping guys and pushing them to know that, you know, you got to be fit in these areas and you should be able to hold yourself accountable, um, to, to that based on the, the t- kind of or the kind of level that you're trying to play at.
0: That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: I guess we'll, we'll transition because you kind of brought up preparing for the match situation. So um, we'll, we'll transition to the competition side of things. Right. And so sure. how do you, uh, or how did you prepare for, uh, you know, games at, you know, different levels um, in, in cricket specifically, but if you want to talk about hockey as well that's
2: fine yeah no definitely cricket Uh, hockey is totally different in terms of prep you're you know loud music and you kind of get going and (laughs) you want to try to you want to try to hit or get hit in your first shift and then you're gone (laughs) Um, no cricket is a lot more detail oriented Um, for me uh, as a player I think confidence was key Um, and just being confident like whenever you I guess I should use this more in my life nowadays but I always used to think more of a glass half full mentality when it came to sports and my performance um, you know staying positive and and as long as um you know you i I stuck with my routines like i had these small little routines like sometimes i'd wear my socks inside out um i had a pre-ball sort of routine that i was um uh, that really helped me with my batting and I had a, I had a good tip from a good coach uh, who just told me, like, if you just focus on your routines and those little small wins that you get from nailing your routine, then like you don't even really remember or think about what, what's going on. Like you just kind of are in, in that, and you're concentrating on that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Like luckily I, I never got, you know, really too nervous and stuff. Uh, my dad was such a calming guy as well. So just, you know, kind of learning from him on how to do that, um, was cool, but, um, Yeah. I I didn't like, you know, when I, when I didn't perform, that's for sure. I I was very hard on myself and always wanted to be the guy. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, is the routine that you mentioned, is that something that you kind of came up with organically or is it something that you, when you're coaching, uh, you know, uh, athletes or high performance athletes, if you're seeing them, uh, maybe just all over the shop when they're setting up to bat or whatever, is that something you can kind of help them acquire, um, what yeah. what's the process that you followed there?
2: Yeah, I I so like I really push that stuff a lot. Um, it's one of the major things that I that I try to push. And like um, I I got it like when I was playing first class cricket in Sri Lanka, um, it was the first time where I got to be engulfed in a, a even in the practice environment. Um, you're talking about test players in the in the team and um, and the the huge talk, I guess from from their side and how I saw it them being so much more professional was that it was every guy had their own little you know pre-ball routine and 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 they always tried to focus in on that I think it was one of the players like I think Jeevan mendes who was the guy who uh it was either him or like Kaushal Silva one of those guys you know talked to me about their routine and 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 this is batting when you're you know there's fans all around cheering there's guys in your face you got to face this and that was the the whole thing I got from them so when I work with players now I really encourage that I think it yeah. uh, a huge thing is pressure, especially the newer generation you know guys are worried about what the post is gonna be before they worry about you know the first run or the or the right. or even getting in there so I try to encourage that a lot um, establishing a routine um, and it seems to work a lot with guys like it it really you know takes the whole sort of eyes going everywhere and it really narrows things down and brings you into a, a very focused state yeah. of mind so i would yeah. say that that
1: and i think that's the key right so uh, you know even from what i've read and heard as well as in my own uh, experiences playing cricket it's that trying to get yourself to stay in the moment and stay in the present situation and not let your mind wander right so the routines and those cues are essentially just um they're, they're like mental notes to say okay well now it's time to lock in again because in between balls there's like 10, 15 seconds where you can let your mind relax a little bit. And then it, those cues give you the opportunity to get back and and back. I I love this quote from Adam Gilchrist, where he goes, um, when, when he used to have his routine, it's like the next, the next ball that I'm facing is the most important moment of my life at that moment. Right. And nothing else matters at that point. And then you move on to the next one and the next one, anything that's happening at home, anything that's happening, people talking outside, none of those things matter, but it's like, Sometimes it's hard to bring yourself to that. So those routines really help um, yeah. uh, with bringing yourself uh, to that level. Yeah. So I guess to that point, what, how do you practice that in your training? And what does your training look like in, um, in order to be successful in, in games?
2: I'm always winning. I'm always winning. I'm, uh, my bat, you know, my, my grip is, is on right. I got my shoes packed right. I've, uh, I've had at least a, a shake or I have water. Um, so many little things but you just keep winning you just keep winning and when you go to practice you know you're you're working on something um, so even if you get out you're, you're working on something so you're not losing you're working on something so you're always winning even when you're you're losing I know it's very cliche but um, you kind of want to make those mistakes uh, so that you can learn from them and so I think uh, I always try to carry that forward even in team environments like it's a good it's a good like culture it's a good thing to be around like you know, always little, little small wins, right? Like you play a little catch soccer or you play soccer in the beginning, you know, you want to win, you know, you want to make every pass. So, um, you know, that's obviously it could be long-winded and I can give you so many little small 1% uh, examples of, of small wins, but, um, that's the biggest thing for me is so always, always look for little, little wins.
1: I love that. I mean, it, that's such a, the right mindset that you want to be in before you get into a game too, right? Cause if you're, thinking about all the things you did wrong instead of all the things that you did well and won at, you're going to be in a completely different mindset by the time you get to the game, right? So, uh, but does that, uh, in in terms of your training, I guess, um, in the off season versus regular season um, or in season, uh, are there anything, is there anything different that you would do? Um, And you could speak to this as a coach or as a, as a player yourself, right? So, Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely in the off-season, um, I think you definitely want to slow things down a little bit. Um, you know, I can speak for it from a cricket perspective or from a strength and conditioning. Um, from a cricket perspective, you want to kind of slow things down. You want to work on things that, you know, you, you weren't uh, so good at, you know, in, in certain mistakes that you made. Um, I think that sometimes a, a break is necessary completely. Um, that's also important. Uh, but when it comes time to training, you know, you you really want to make sure that you're focusing and getting like a quality session. I think a lot of a lot of times people just kind of go through the motions. I've never been a guy that goes through the motions, so in nets when I bat, you know, I I don't I don't I'm sure I get out, but I really don't get out that that often. Um, I'm definitely not getting out playing some sort of cowboy shot. Uh, I really try to mimic the same thing I would in a game. So I love to run between wickets when I'm batting in nets. Uh, I love to call. Uh, even if I'm batting by myself, I'll always call yes, no, or wait. I'll always envision that I'm playing a, a match. And so that never leaves me um, anytime that I'm sort of practicing. Uh, and, and that goes the same with, with bowling. You know, you're always trying to work on something, um, but you're always competitive, right? So you want to always stay... Competitive, So it's something that I really um, focus on when it comes to strength and conditioning, you know, in the off season, you you have this time to sort of, you know, get better at the things that you're not better at. Um, You always want to look to get stronger and more agile, Um, you know, certain things like rotator cuffs or knees or hips, you know, how do I work on correcting this? How do I work on mobilizing and stabilizing these joints that are giving me such a hard time? um you know i most people will go to physio and use their benefits and all this kind of stuff but you know the work is there to be done on your own right so if you kind of take accountability and you really want it bad enough you'll use that off season to work on these things and and slowly progress so for me everything is periodized <laughs> i know it's a the trainer's word and, and and it should be planning um so i'll go in different phases and stages i think you know i'm almost 40 now so my I'm lucky that if I just get a workout in every day, but um, I do try to keep uh, with that same sort of periodized element where, you know, right now I'm, I'm just focusing on my body and, and feeling good and doing bits of yoga, stuff like that. Uh, maybe some cardio classes, but as things start to ramp up and it gets, you know, into uh, closer to the season, um, I'll really start to shift that and, and try to mimic what my muscles would be doing in a match situation. Right. So it's for me, that's kind of how I go about it.
1: That that's awesome. I think uh, one of the key, uh, I guess, themes that I can extract from the the way you're speaking about this is that pretty much everything you're doing has a, a specific intention to it, and it's like planned out accordingly, right? And even when you mention your kit bag is packed a certain way, your, um, you know, your, uh, your, you've had your pregame meals, everything, uh, it, it's done with an intention for how you can succeed on game day, right? I think that's that's uh, so awesome. It's so easily overlooked because we can sometimes just, as you said, go through the motions um, yep. and, and that happens, right? So um, how do you, I guess, moving on, but how do you find balance between uh, overtraining versus training? Or do you believe in that even? Is that possible? Uh,
2: um, yeah, I don't really believe in that. Like I could easily, and I don't even do it in my own sort of training and my philosophies. Like I could easily make someone believe that there's this big, complicated uh, element of how the body works and how there's the science behind, you know, resting this and and, and overtraining and undertraining. You know, your body will tell you a lot. Um, you know, sleep and stuff is the most uh, the underrated thing. Like some guys will wonder, you know, what's happening with their body, and, and and not some guys, but some people will wonder, and you know, the recovery stuff is all relative to your sleep patterns, and so if you're if you're taking care of your, your body um, and you're listening to your body, um, there's no reason why you wouldn't and you can't hit a workout right before your game. A lot of, a lot of uh, professional athletes, uh, hockey, now cricket um, are training before games. Now the science behind that is a little bit different. You know, you'd want to go with a good heavy weight and maybe two or three repetitions, um, you know, along with all your mobility stuff, but definitely, uh the game has changed in terms of how people are are, are looking at over training and under training so um to to keep this really short is that there's so many different aspects of training you know mobility stability strength agility um you know recovery so there's always something you could do every day there's always something you can focus on every day like foam rolling and, 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 and using a lacrosse ball to work out certain issues that you have in your ankles or your hips or your shoulders, that's, that's a workout. So uh, that's, re- that falls under the recovery category. So I, I think you should be doing stuff every day if you're, uh, if you're an athlete.
1: Cool. Um, I guess uh, going into your own games, did how did you know uh, when you were game ready um, heading in?
2: Oh, for me, I never had a problem. Like once I crossed the, boundary rope there and the game was it was game time like you know me man I was was I was yeah I was always a gamer and um, you know it's funny this year like I'll just give you an example like this year I, I went and coached another team uh, uh, JB masters and 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 loved the experience um, and the opportunity and everything it was great but I had to play in some of the games uh, as, a, as a substitute guy like we didn't have enough guys or whatever and um, you know I, I I couldn't bring that same uh, on-field sort of uh, passion um, to what I had given to my original club, Toronto Cricket Club. So this was the first year playing sport or cricket where I didn't necessarily feel like I was you know, fully into it. Um, uh, having said that, I also felt like, oh yeah, like I kind of miss uh, playing a sport or cricket, for example, and and being into it right? So, um, you know, kind of looking at this little season here and questioning certain things about my own, uh, you know, myself and and where I'm at in terms of my my compete level. But um, that's what I miss the most is is the compete. Um, So, you know, I definitely got some decisions to make with regards to how I'm going to challenge myself as a player, because now I'm in this coaching realm. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice, right? Like you got to sacrifice things and and I'm not young uh, trying to play international cricket or anything like that. So uh, hopefully I can get a little bit of um, a little bit of compete back, uh, but we'll see how that goes.
1: Um, would love to see you on the field again. If you want to come play for play with me, uh, you know, you're welcome to join uh, West Indian Cricket Club as well. Uh, um, I, I guess this question, I might already know the answer to this based on how you answered the previous one. But did you ever have butterflies going into a game, uh, nerves, anything along those lines, or if you didn't uh, as a player, do you have them as a coach? And if neither, then if you see as a coach somebody who is struggling with that, what's your advice for them?
2: When you put on a a jersey that is, you know, of a higher, it could be international. It could just be like you're, you know, you're you're playing house league now. You're playing rep when you put on that different jersey the butterflies the pressure the nerves are always going to be there Um, how do you sort of navigate around those things Um, i don't think that you can because it's like it's not like you're just going to get rid of them you hear professional guys say it all the time you know they're they're nervous Um, but again going back to the the little the little wins and the routines and you do your best to try to sort of stay even keel. Um, I I had a hard time with it uh, uh, when I made the national team and and started playing for Canada. Um, I think I don't think I was ready at, uh, in the first sort of time that that I made it just because. Um, I had or so much was depending on you know you performing and dealing with that stress and anxiety of what if I don't perform? What if I fail? And in the sports psych realm, um, you know, you have to accept that. So like, there's no, and this is sports psychology, there's no like, oh, don't worry, you know, toughen up mentally, you know, be strong. It's actually better to talk those things out, um, and figure out a way that you know, what you're going to say and how you're going to breathe through moments of pressure and, and nervousness. And again, Establishing that routine to be able to get through that, it, it's just cliche, but the more you can sort of practice that um, and the more constraints you can add to your training environment, um, you know, maybe I'll give an example. Like in my cricket camp, I, I throw guys under the bus a lot and tell them like, you know, today, bud, if you, if you get out, you know, you're out. And it's just like a game and everybody comes in there and they want to get their 12, 15 minutes of batting and they want to hit the ball out here, there and everywhere. And you tell them that, and they go in there and like they're defending balls, they're struggling. uh, They don't want to get out and they end up maybe getting out or whatever it is. Um, And then you kind of, you're done. So that mindset, if you challenge it often enough, it'll be easier when you are under the pump, when you're under pressure, To be able to handle it because you're you're more experienced
0: yeah that's interesting sounds like so just just being okay with it like you know it's going to be there
2: yeah so like i i have this coach who gave me uh like the most amazing way to look at things like basically told me like man son if you don't perform today you're going to perform tomorrow and if you don't perform tomorrow you're going to perform the next day basically saying like you're good so you're obviously going to perform one day so if you just you know focus on what you need to focus on in terms of routine and get through things until you retire, you're going to have an opportunity to perform and how good does it feel performing? Like it's the most amazing thing. So don't worry about, you know, all how you're not going to perform, just know that it's going to come one of these days and when it does, it's going to be great. And when it doesn't, it's also going to be great too. Um, and whenever like I was really young when I got that and it changed my whole sort of mindset and, um, I always knew like, yeah, yeah I'm, I know I'm good. So I know it's going to happen. So let me just focus on the things that I need to and distract myself from,
0: from the pressures. That's the, uh, the glass half full thing you were saying earlier.
2: The glass
0: half <laughs> <Yeah>. full, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: you know, part of, part of us doing this um, uh, podcast, I guess, is, you know, sharing with people that, you know, failures and uh, those situations are there for every athlete or every, no matter what, realm you're in actually and you know making it okay that yeah feeling's okay as long as you learn from it and get better and come back right so can you share you know your worst sporting experience uh well where your sports performance wasn't up to what you thought it should have been and what you learned from it and how you move
2: forward yeah um i had a opportunity as a captain um of my club to play in a finals or a semifinals uh, of the league. It was a big deal at that time. There was, you know, 500, 600 people at the game. It was a big deal. And I was a captain, so I, there were some things that had, went on or whatever, and I felt that the way that I was bowling that day, um, you know, I was gonna take the, the final over and bowl uh, spin, which I bowl in the final over the game. They needed 13 runs to win. When at a time where it was very unorthodox, you don't, you nobody bowls a spinner in the last where so I did that, and and um, some things happened, and 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 they ended up, we ended up losing. Um. So I had given up those runs, and you know had to walk off the field, and people were this and that in the third, and I think the learning um, experience that I had from that was that. You know, I really did back myself based on the fact that I was the best bowler of that day and I was hitting all the, the Yorkers and things that I, I do um, on that day. and And, you know, to be quite honest with you, the first ball was hit and it was, it went through our fielder's hands, went for six. So I thought to myself, well, if the fielder would have caught that ball, we would have won the game and I would have been a hero and it would have been amazing. But the learning experience came from the opposite, right? Obviously losing in that. And we never won uh, a championship uh, for our club. We've never won one and it still carries on to this day. So definitely a hardship that, um, you know, coming so close and we've been close before. I think I was, I think I captained in three finals and lost. Um, so, you know, those are, are, are things that have carried me the whole way where, you um, you know, you're, you're in a losing environment and you really want that championship uh, badly. And when it's kind of your fault, you can either crumble um, or you can just come back stronger. And, uh, you know, most people won't know or realize. But the following year, I I, I came back and sort of topped the topped the, the league in runs and, and carried my team to, to a final again. But nobody really remembers that. They just remember the, the fact that I lost the, the game bowling the last over. So. It's all about what you get out of it,
1: yeah. for sure. Um, all right, I think we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit. I, I wanna I want your uh, opinion since you've been involved in in the professional side of cricket in North America for fifteen plus years now. Whether that's as an international player yourself or now as a coach, you know, w- what do you think is the toughest aspect of being um, a semi professional or professional cricketer in in North America?
2: pressure to perform pressure to perform um pressure to kind of carry yourself in the same manner and same regard when things are not going your way uh when you get dropped from a team um definitely the pressure to perform is there i think especially nowadays when you can't hide like i remember when i was a kid and my dad wouldn't come to a game and uh you know say uh you know how many runs did you get today (laughs) and um you know you got maybe i got 26 but i would say 30 i'd say 30 (laughs) right now you can't do that right you're gonna be you're gonna be on uh on the social media and everything and you know there's a bit of accountability there and i think that that pressure is is a little bit bigger now because it's it's looked at in such a in such a high regard like and and those are individual performances so like I hate, and I've always hated, like individual trophies, like <clears throat> at most runs or like whatever. Like I think it's great to recognize uh, performances and stuff, but I'm just not one for it. I think sure. if you're playing a team sport, like you, you gotta you gotta win, you know? It's Weird. about it's about that. So that's for me is uh, definitely pressure to perform.
1: Awesome. What what advice would you give to someone hoping to make a career in cricket, whether that's as a as a player or a coach? Uh, yeah.
2: Well, cricket is a game where you're going to fail way more than you succeed. Uh, that's why, you know, good averages are 30. Um, a good average is 30. It's not 70. Uh, and that's all relative to where you play and what kind of, you know, obviously. But, um, but yeah, I would say that definitely, uh, you know, that would be the uh, the
0: answer to that. Awesome. Oh yeah. So, uh, kind of, I guess in that vein as well, excuse me, what's a common mistake you see, uh, aspiring cricketers making?
2: I think what do they say? Like you want to, what is it? You want to swim before you can swim or whatever. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Run before you walk. Run before you walk. walk. There you go. Um, everybody wants to be able to do so many things that they see, uh, know watching on on tv and seeing what the pros do and you know i think uh in my experience from a and this is totally from a from a biased perspective but the the fitness side the athleticism side the, the strength and conditioning side is really really behind uh in the realms of cricket not just in north america but in the world um so i think that it would be so amazing to see how Good players became if they would prioritize getting stronger, um, a little bit more stable, a little bit more powerful, a little bit more yeah. agile. Uh, it would be, it would be a a great thing for our sport here in North America, if the athletes, quote unquote, athletes actually, actually, not carried themselves, but actually put in the work. Um, yeah to, to, I guess, in my opinion, qualify as, as an athlete.
0: Did you, Um, do you think you came to that because you started in hockey, which was so physical that you, yeah, like
2: that. And just like knowing, and obviously I I studied that. Right.
0: Um, and, and, and I've been immersed in that.
2: Um, but yeah, like you see just how hockey as a game has progressed from the 1980s into what it is now, the players are bigger, stronger, faster. I'm not sure if, if I can say that in cricket all the players are bigger, stronger, faster and and all of them buy into to that. Yeah. Having said that, you know, cricket's a year round game now and players are have the demands of playing games and performing year round where it's tough. Like if you have a little injury, you know, you're trying to kind of maybe hide it just so that you can play and make a little money and, and um, so the demands on the body in, in cricket are, are huge so it makes me question the prior the, the prioritization of, of of strength and conditioning and recovery and stuff like that so yeah. i'm i'm at a at a place where you know i question a lot of the of the athletes quote unquote that are that are striving to be uh professionals
0: so you might have just answered this but i'm going to ask so what is your pro tip uh, could be for like a beginner coming into cricket or somebody in cricket with yeah, like, a like, goal
2: yeah for sure like the younger you are like get a coach get somebody who's gonna tell you and show you and and challenge you to do things like right um like coaches you know nowadays like the pros are working with you know sports psychology coach um a coach who's going to run them through video uh, a coach that's going to run them through their strength and conditioning they have a yoga coach so coaches are coaches because they're you know, quote unquote specialists in in what they do. And and they can provide you with, you know, a different outlook. Um, They can provide you with some information and it goes both ways. Like for me, I'm always learning from my, from my athletes, from my clients, um, you know, how to be a better coach, how to ask different questions. Some of them might be like corporate people who, who, who who live in that environment, who might provide, you know, some, some feedback as to how to go about certain things. So uh, working with coaches is awesome. Um, because you'll actually be able to, to improve, you'll actually be able to learn something. Um, and, uh, that would be my pro tip is work with a coach cliche, but, you know, yeah. it, it no, is I've, I've, I think I've
0: felt that as, so, I mean, I've had different coaches for the same sport and each one of them gave yeah. me a little bit different kind of piece of the puzzle, you know, and you exactly. put all that together. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay, I got a couple uh, rapid-fire questions for you. These are quick. All right. uh, Hopefully, I'll answer them quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Take your time. (laughs) So, if you had to pick one, your favorite cricketer? Now, or in the past?
2: Sachin. Sachin, for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, If you had to give up batting (laughs) or bowling, which would you give up?
2: Uh, My rotator cuff says bowling. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, You have a favorite pre-game song? band you know what
2: I don't like I, I no. listen to tunes for sure but I can't yeah. pinpoint a song sorry I, I listen no, yeah, to that's tunes, fine. But,
0: yeah. um favorite cricket equipment brand
2: oh Yashi Sports because they're my sponsor I
0: was gonna, yeah, good good answer. uh so how about your how about your favorite drill or exercise
2: uh, the split squat definitely split squat will
0: strengthen up your hips, yeah. Okay, and then the least favorite the split squat because it, <laughs> it burns, it burns, it burns. It's good and evil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's awesome. Yeah, well, I think that's pretty much it, Shahid. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think these. The, the conversation was fantastic I think I've learned a lot. Hopefully I can apply that into my upcoming season as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to see you on Sunday as well. So uh, I'll work with you on fixing my hips, but yeah, nice. uh, but, but yeah, amazing um, conversation. Thanks for all the insights into your own career as well as what you've seen people do. Uh, yeah. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah. Thanks for okay. talking
2: to us. No problem, guys. Appreciate it.